0: everyone welcome so today we have matt who's going to be sharing his wisdom with us about the power of words and i will just be here to harass him and ask some questions and just have fun all right take it away matt
1: wisdom you you set the bar high from the beginning bona
0: yeah so you better be wise
1: i know right you
0: should be wise
1: i should be wise Aha, that is a (laughs) teaser to what we're going to learn today. Okay, so this lecture I have done for many years, and it is called The Power of Words. And we have a quote by Lao Tzu to begin Watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits for they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny.
0: Sorry, I got excited and I was muttering the quote as you were reading
1: that. Yes, (laughs) yes.
0: So things like this will happen. Go on, Matt.
1: You should not do that. (laughs) When you mutter the quote (laughs) while I'm Speaking, it distracts me. You shouldn't do that. See, once again, we... I don't know.
0: Why should I not? What do you mean by that?
1: All right. Let's get into it. We are joking. We're doing therapist jokes here because one of the things we're going to teach in this lecture is the importance of avoiding the word should. See how funny we are now? Because we were using the word should earlier (laughs) in an inappropriate, unhelpful way to illustrate the importance of avoiding the word should. Okay. So this lecture will... It gets at words that you can avoid. When you avoid these words, it will help you not have cognitive distortions, which are irrational thought patterns. And they are irrational thought patterns that exacerbate negative feelings, such as anxiety, sadness, anger.
0: Perfect. Although I would like to say lecture, the word lecture, talking about the power of words... Isn't that one that often we have a lot of negative associations with? So I, f- I feel like somebody's lecturing at me when they say lecture.
1: True, it's very true. There are negative associations to the word lecture, and because our parents lecture us, <clears throat> our bosses lecture us, our spouses lecture us, no one likes to be lectured to. I was using the term lecture in the more formal clinical sense, that I had information that I was going to be presenting.
0: So maybe we can call it a mini-presentation or a mini-workshop?
1: A mini-workshop.
0: Or a sharing?
1: A sharing. I feel like our listeners are wanting to get to the content, not hearing So how
0: about this? We are waiting on recommendations from our listeners about what to call... Matt is a bit of a nerd, and he likes to call things lectures, so... (laughs) I'm a bit of a rebel. What can we call it other than lecture? All right, let's move on to this wonderful lecture, though.
1: (laughs) Okay, so do you have any thoughts on cognitive distortions, Bonnet?
0: Yeah, we employ them quite a bit. It seems that these are the things we're used as shortcuts. They become habits. That's why I like that Su quote so much. And um, your thoughts become definitely a reality in many ways. So a cognitive distortion would be something like, nobody likes me. When you feel a sense of shame or you feel rejected or something negative happens, we get into all or nothing thinking or we just believe things that are not necessarily accurate, but they're just the messages we received. Am I on the right track, Matt?
1: Yes. So one of the reasons, to go back to the Lao Tzu quote, one of the reasons I like to include that is because sometimes people feel like, well, this is just semantics. It doesn't really matter what words I use. Um, but the words we use shape our thoughts and our our thoughts shape our behavior. So it really is important. And also sometimes, sometimes things are just a matter of semantics, like it's if we call it a lecture or a presentation. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a matter of semantics and it doesn't matter. But when we were referring to these words, these are words that you use to refer to your mental state. That is why they are so important. All right, let's get to the most important one here. I feel it is called, uh, it is a word called should. (laughs) That sounded weird. All right, so the therapist joke you will often hear is don't should on yourself. And therapists find it very funny.
0: Because therapists are essentially just dads. It's like one step below a dad joke.
1: A dad joke, yes, very much a dad joke. Um, so let's let's so once again these words that we're going to look at they exacerbate cognitive distortions. So let's look at the should. I should be a nicer person. People shouldn't treat me that way. The world should be fairer. These kind of statements are called imperatives. Once you recognize the shoulds. You use on yourself and once you realize they are merely preferences, it takes away the intensity of your negative feelings and you are left with mild disappointment, simple frustration or concern rather than sadness, anger or fear. And this comes from the website, that quote, YouMeWorks.com. The shoulds and musts article. So, once again, one thing I want to point out. That avoiding these words, avoiding the sh- the word should or shouldn't, it just takes down the intensity of what you're feeling. That's why the quote says, you are left with mild disappointment rather than sadness. So that's what we have to offer you today. <laughs> the We are here to offer you mild disappointment.
0: Rather than a great disappointment.
1: Right. So these... As
0: Freud said, remember? He said that our job of psychoanalysis is to transform neurotic suffering into ordinary unhappiness. And that's going to be a conversation for another time. But yes, a lot of times just even taking away the edge of a feeling makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Freud's quote, uh, we don't really want to put that on our brochure, but I'm very much... (laughs) believe that. So the thing is, these are not magic bullets. Sometimes people, one of the things they wonder about is, well, I still feel a certain way and I've avoided it should. It's not going to solve the problem. This is just a coping skill. This will just take it down a notch in intensity. And when you, when it's taken down in intensity, you can think more clearly To come up with a solution to your problem, so to say. Okay,
0: get to the point. I want to know what it is I can do.
1: Okay, great.
0: We've been plugging it for way too long. I know.
1: All right, let's look at it. I should be a nicer person. So, okay, let's say this differently. My life may be more enjoyable if I was a nicer person. So when you avoid the word should, you're not, you don't just say, Uh, I am a nicer person. Sometimes people are confused. They think we're just saying to tell them to just say the opposite. No, you say what you're trying to say just without the word should.
0: You replace it with other words. Yes. And quite quite often it's with a few words because should is a shortcut for something more meaningful and more intricate. And when we take away the word should, then it lets us see what is the value underneath, what the needs and the feelings are.
1: Is exactly. That right? Exactly. We get more information to work with when mm-hmm. we avoid the word "should," and when we have more information to work with, you have more information to solve your problem.
0: So when you said you shouldn't mutter, the uh, Lao Su quote. As yes. I'm reading it, can you say it again and use other words instead of "should"?
1: Um, I can say when you muttering while I'm giving the Lao Tzu quote is not congruent with good podcasting.
0: <laughs> and so you would like for our podcast to be better. You would like me to stop muttering quotes I enjoy as you're reading them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And
0: now I can be like, nah, it's too important for me to be able to mutter <laughs> things that are inspiring to me. And so yeah, now we have a choice we can work with, right? It's not just his judgment on me.
1: Right, it's not a judgment. So when I say you shouldn't mutter, then that's a judgment. And when we when we put judgments on people, they're less likely to want to change because they're on the defensive, they feel attacked and they feel shamed. So when we avoid the word should, notice we got more to um what avoiding the word should can get us. Okay, if if we don't mutter, it may create a better podcast. Yeah, or it
0: could even be, okay, if I don't mutter, Matt's going to have an easier time, since it distracts him. Right. He tends to be easily spooked. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not really about me. Okay, so how about now, just take a minute or two, and write three should sentences that you tend to say or believe about yourself or the world or other people. Like, I should always look good, or... I should be a hard worker. You, you know how you a should better, honor yourself.
1: I should be a better mother.
0: Oh yeah, I should be a good mother or a better mother, mother, whatever that is. And see if you can replace them with actually a more explanatory, more detailed sometimes, explanation of what you really mean. So stop the podcast now and take a minute just to write these and see how it feels to rewrite them and notice the effect they have inside when you do that. So we'll give you a minute. All right, welcome back. If you did, take our suggestion to go off on your own and do the exercise. If you didn't, that's okay, but I highly suggest you stop and do it now.
1: You should've. You should (laughs) have. You totally should (laughs)
0: have. You will get a much higher benefit. Matt, do not shoot on them. They will get a much higher benefit if they actually try to apply it. After all, why else waste your time, right? Listening to something if you're not going to apply it. But whatever your preferences are, so welcome back. And so it would be a great time now to share, if it was a live podcast, to share what you felt and how it uh, affected you. And feel free to send us a message about that later. But we guessing, at least for some of you, it was pretty revolutionary. Even doing such a simple thing can really help us get connected to ourselves. And that's a lot of times what we're looking for is a way to stay more connected and more fluid in our experiencing. So just doing something so minor as replacing the word should can bring that deeper awareness and a deeper comfort. Well,
1: I don't know if it sometimes brings comfort. Sometimes uh, sometimes people find when they do it, it feels uncomfortable. It feels difficult. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when people do it, they feel a sense of relief. But people do report when they try to start rewording their shoulds, they do report uh, feeling, as the kids say, some type of way. <laughs>
0: some type of way. You I like love that? that. Yeah, I lo- I love that saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we really love that saying.
0: Kids used to I don't know if they still use it, but like I felt some <laughs> you know exactly what they mean. They say, feeling. "Well, she said this to me and I felt some type of way." I'm like, "Yeah, I know exactly what you mean," right?
1: I mean, that really feeling some type of way really covers every <laughs> single feeling that exists if you think about
0: it. Very contextual. And uh yeah, so you can feel more empowered, more relieved, sometimes more uncomfortable because you see something about yourself that you're not used to. And any change can be a little bit uncomfortable, not to keep repeating cliches, but anyway, go on now. Okay,
1: so let's get to the interject. So when people have a should, I like to ask them, who said you should? So okay, let's use the example, I should be a nicer person. Who said you should? A lot of times when people reverse engineer it and and figure out where that should comes from, a lot of times it's from parents. So... We, a lot of times, are carrying the voice of people. A lot of times, our parents. A lot and, of times? A lot of times. <laughs> in the back of our head. So, when we reverse engineer it and see where the should comes from, we can get a lot of insight that way.
0: Yeah, it's parents or authority figures, I'd say. Wouldn't you say? Sometimes it's like teachers or siblings. or, But parents are the ultimate authority figures.
1: Or the... Or the culture as a whole, the media, whatever sort of message we have picked up. A lot of times guys have the should, men shouldn't cry. Mm -hmm. So that's a message they have picked up from the overall culture somehow.
0: From like Big Other? The Big Other. Lacanian. Stop being fancy. I will.
1: Bono's being fancy, ringing up Lacan. I'm
0: not being fancy.
1: This is a pro tip for anybody out there. Go look at what. (laughs) Lacan on Wikipedia learn a few things like a quote or two and then in conversations just drop them and when you quote Lacan it's really a uh, it's like a mic drop. (laughs) You've won the argument when you've brought up Lacan.
0: And now Deleuze and Guattari too they've become very in fashion.
1: True, true. And if you want to do
0: a really deep deep dive Hegel.
1: Was it? Deleuze and Guattari? Guattari, yeah. Well just learn how to pronounce his name. Foucault
0: is like an old oldie but goodie.
1: Just Foucault is now. Gutari. Gutari. Just learn to pronounce his name and you're way ahead of the pack. <laughs> okay. We're giving you life hacks here. Okay. All right. Have we covered should? I feel like there's something we haven't got to with should that I usually cover.
0: We talked about the relationships like shooting on yourself and others. Like you believe ah, Others. Sometimes. Okay, yeah.
1: good. Shooting on others. So. We mostly so far have been looking at shoulding on ourselves. So when we should on ourselves, it exacerbates feelings. And for example, when we wake up and feel sad, you say, I shouldn't feel sad. And then you're angry at yourself for feeling sad. And it creates this negative cycle, negative downward spiral. So avoiding the should will help you not go into that shame spiral, the negative thinking spiral.
0: Or let's say rephrasing the should, replacing the should, with a more uh, descriptive.
1: And you phrase. can also think of this as like a mental exercise. Mm-hmm. You it's just sort of changing the way your brain thinks. You're just kind of playing around with it. All right, so we can should on other people. So. And we were doing that earlier with the muttering. So. I'm drawing a blank here. With so you're on allowed
0: other. to shoot on other people the way you said it. We can shoot on other people. Are you saying like we should we should shoot on our kids?
1: Okay, you can shoot on other people, but it increases your frustration. Okay, when our kids are bad, you say okay, they shouldn't misbehave.
0: Uh huh.
1: All right. Well, that doesn't even mean anything. Usually should's a really funny
0: word, right? It doesn't mean... What does it mean they shouldn't misbehave? It means nothing. It just means you have this weird belief and imperative. Instead, you could say, I really want my kid to behave in a way that makes it easier for us to be outside or whatever that is. Or you could say, I'm so invested in how my kid looks in front of other people that I would like him to behave as what I believe a perfect kid should. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. Right. So a lot of times when we say should, we load it with all this sort of emotional meaning, but it doesn't really mean anything. So it's time for us to take responsibility for that space and say, what do I mean when I'm saying you shouldn't act out to your kid or you shouldn't have stolen or whatever that might be? So one, it might give you a chance to really look at your values and explain to your kid what is that's really important for you why that is really important for you and have a conversation, or you can actually really look at yourself and see what is it that I'm so invested in that I keep shooting in other people. Because remember, especially with your kids and people over whom you have some level of authority, whatever you say is going to go straight to their superego. and you're going to be someone else's inner voice. And how do you want to live on an eternity in some way or another? Uh, and do you want to inject that kind of a parental injunction on your child that can make them feel really bad about themselves for a long time?
1: Okay, let me play devil's advocate here. Okay. So, Bonu has given you the fancy, the fancy explanation. So ask
0: me a question, like a simpleton that you are.
1: <laughs> She's given you the fancy explanation, which I agree with. But for other people who are like, hey, I just want my kid, to stop acting out in public. What does all that mean? What she just said. All right, well... <laughs> Ask me, I'll tell to you. Okay. Think of it this way. When we put shoulds on people, it makes it, they're going to be less likely to change their behavior. And also, it increases your frustration because when we say should on another person, it is like the il- illusion of control. Like when... Bonnie was muttering, you shouldn't mutter. It makes me have the illusion that I have control over behavior, her behavior, but I, in fact, do not have control over her behavior. And you get even more frustrated
0: because I'm not going to listen to whatever he says with the should. I'm not going to listen to it because he hasn't given me any information that would require me to act on it, right? right? If he said, hey, this is not good for the podcast, now I can do something with it. He just says you shouldn't, especially the kind of defiant person that I am. Like, I don't take that.
1: Right, right. Nobody likes to be told what to do.
0: It's not information I can act on. It's not information I want to act on.
1: Okay, okay. All right, do you want to move onward? Have we got all the should out of the way? I feel like we have all the main points.
0: Yeah, yeah, we do. And who says we should exhaust everything to be spoken? We can always get back to it.
1: And that concludes our first episode of the podcast. We very much appreciate you listening. And please stay tuned for more episodes. All right, thank you very much.